hey, yeah, you're listening to this podcast, but did you know that a lot of companies are starting to use targeted podcasts as part of their outbound sales and marketing efforts and that more and more companies, not people, but companies are launching branded podcasts? And have you ever thought about how podcasts just might be the key to help bridge this communication gap that we all have during COVID-19? Well, if you've thought about any of those, or even if you haven't, fasten your seatbelts for another informative episode of the Maximize Your Social Influence podcast. Welcome to the Maximize Your Social Influence podcast with Neil Schaefer, where I help marketers, entrepreneurs, and business owners grow their businesses using innovative marketing techniques, leveraging the concept of digital influence throughout digital and social media. Hey everybody, Neil Schaefer here. Welcome to episode number 188. Yao Baba. Oh man, in Chinese, everything ending with eight, especially when it's 88, is such a good lucky number. I have high hopes for this episode. But regardless, today we are going to be talking about podcasting. Now, podcasting is something that I have talked about only in two other episodes, beginning with episode number 175, why I am investing time in being interviewed on 100 different podcasts. By the way, I am currently at, and let me just give you the latest number to give you the update. Here we go. I am currently at 98 published podcast, just two left to go, and I'll be at 100. And also episode number 179, the what, why, and how of podcasting. You see, in digital marketing, if you want to yield influence as a person or as a business, you need to publish content. And there are four main types of content, right? You got your blog, you got your video, you got your image, and you got your audio, which is podcasting. That's why it is really a critical part of your infrastructure if you want to yield more influence. And in fact, many companies and many people have been very successful using podcasting as their main form of yielding influence. Whether they have their own podcast or whether they appear and show up on other people's podcasts, as I did on being interviewed on those 100 different podcasts. You also have to remember that of all these different content mediums, podcasting is the one that is more, uh, well, accepting of interviews, right? So of all these content formats, I'd say that podcasting is almost the most networking friendly medium, the easiest medium to allow you to develop relationships. In fact, today's special guest, Robert Lowenthal, is actually someone that I met by being a guest on someone else's podcast down in Australia. And he goes, hey, you should really check out Robert Lowenthal, what his company, Wushka, is doing. Now, when I say Wushka, you're thinking, what the heck type of company is this? Wushka is the leading provider of podcast hosting in Australia. In other words, they're like the Libsyn or the Buzzsprout for those of you that use a, well, for those of you podcasters out there, they are the really the default market leading company in Australia. They're doing more with companies here in North America. And Robert is just a, wow, a treasure trove of information and educational resource. And he is going to enlighten you a lot about not only leveraging podcasting for yourself, but more importantly, if you are a corporation and we're seeing more and more companies, especially as we head into the new year, I think you're going to see more and more companies launch their own type of branded podcast. 
I have not yet moved over to Wishka, but who knows? That might happen in the near future. So if you're new to podcasting, you'll probably want to uh, check out their platform. And Robert's just a guy who you could just reach out to and ask questions to about podcasting, assuming you become a customer of Wishka. So I, I think you're really going to enjoy meeting him virtually through this podcast and learning more about this amazing sales and marketing medium that is podcasting. So without further ado, here's my interview with Robert Lowenthal of Wishka. Hey, everybody. Join me in welcoming my special guest today, all the way from down under, Mr. Rob Lowenthal of Wishka. Rob, how's it going today? Good, Neil. How are you? Doing awesome. I know that we're approaching winter. You're approaching spring and summer, so we're literally on opposite ends of the earth. But I got to start by asking you, in the United States, we've heard of things like Libsyn and Buzzsprout. Obviously, these are people that are only involved in podcasting. I honestly had never heard of Wishka until I was introduced by our, our fellow podcasting friend, Adam Frazier. And since then, I've I've seen Wishka in a lot of places. So, Rob, tell me a little bit about yourself and about Wishka. Oh, thank you very much. Well, look, I, in, a, in an old life, I used to run a radio network in Australia. And when I was there, I just felt that the technology was lacking when it came to podcasts. I used to ask the digital manager how we were performing and he would answer me in terabytes. And I thought that's not an adequate answer in this digital age that we live in. So I left that business in 2015 or 14 and I started building Wooshka. And Wooshka is a technology platform that hosts podcasts and, and distributes them and does a whole lot of other things. And I really initially just wanted to solve that simple problem, which was helping podcasters. And we've been, we're a bit guilty of sort of sticking to our home soil. We've done a lot. We've been very strong in Australia and the Southern Hemisphere and across Asia, but we've never done too much in the US. And now our focus is, is really, really much on the US and Northern America and, and Canada as well. So that's why hopefully you're starting to hear more and more about us. Brilliant. Now, for those of you listening, hopefully you heard my previous episode on sort of the how, what, and why of podcasting, where I talk about you take an audio file and you basically upload it to a podcast host company. So Wishka, I I currently use Buzzsprout. I know Rob is trying to get me over to Wishka. Maybe that'll happen soon. But that is that. Yeah, that is where Wishka sits in sort of the whole ecosystem. So can you tell me, I got two questions specifically about Wishka. Number one, the name, and I'm sure you get asked this a lot, and hopefully it's a great story. But number two, before we get into our topic today, just how, you know, how do you differentiate Wishka from all the other companies that are out there doing this? Yeah, certainly. Well, the names, when you start a business, you can spend a lot of time thinking about the name and not the product. And I did exactly just that. But one of my friends who was an early investor in the business, he's a tragic punter. Like he's always backing the horses and, and every weekend he tells me the same story. He, he was losing his money. He got to the last race. He backed the winner. It was an outsider and it flew up the home straight and it went whooshka and it beat the favourite. And so, and that's a word we use in Australia sometimes when the underdog beats the favorite. So I, uh, I always said to him, well, look, I just want to be like your fictitious horse and, and I want to be, go Wooshka and beat the favorite in this race. So that's how the name came about. And I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing because I'm forever spelling it and pronouncing it and trying to tell people what, it, what it's about. But at least there's a bit of a story that goes with the name. Um, That's awesome. Well, and for those of you who can't see this, we're, we're, we have the video camera on. I can see the logo of Wishka, the two O's. It looks like a headphone. So it actually makes it a lot easier to remember to spell it with two O's. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing. And look, when we went to register the name, I realized there was a hairdressing salon in the west of Sydney with the name Wooshka already registered with one A. 
And I was like, and that's the correct spelling. And I just didn't have time to kind of go through this process again and pull my hair out. And I was like, let's just chuck another A on this thing and get it on, get the show on the road. There you go. That's a great story. Yeah, yeah. And so, look, how do we differentiate our business? You know what? We think a little bit differently to the rest of the podcast hosts. Like, I've always thought that companies have video strategies and they have email strategies, but that they have, to them, to most businesses, an audio strategy is, should I buy AM or FM radio ads? You know, they don't think about, what am I doing with podcasts? What am I doing with Google Home, Amazon Alexa? How am I using audio as part of that strategy to engage customers to engage staff and it's as though audio has been left out of this toolkit and we know you're a podcaster we're in the business we know how deeply engaging this medium is but why has it sort of been left out so our our ambition is to help businesses around the world find their audio strategy by using our technology and i think that's a little bit different when we talk to some of our, our competitors they say we host and store files and we help you distribute them and that that's it you know, we give you some analytics. Whereas we're all about kind of consolidating all the different tech that's out there and letting you use Wooshka to have an audio strategy. So that goes from, you know, we've got transcription built into our technology. We've got video built in there if you want to publish video on Amazon Alexa. We've got a text-to-speech if you want to convert your company blog to a podcast. We've got all these other tools, even a recording feature. So you don't need to go to Squadcast. You can do it inside of Wooshka. So, so we don't. We still think the whole process around podcasting is difficult and complex and you've got to log into six different pieces of software just to get a piece of content out there and that to me just seems unacceptable and I think if you're a company, you need a low friction strategy. You, you don't want to be, you've never produced any content in your life, you should be able to log into this one piece of software and follow the wizard and the 10 steps and then you get the content out there and that's that's certainly our ambition and what we're achieving now and that's really moved into the world of private podcasting. So when we opened that up for businesses, that meant that they could have, you know, a lot of companies said to us, we don't want to share our secret recipe with the competitors and do a public podcast, but we do want to do it as a targeted audio approach. When we announced private podcasting, the gates really opened and that changed our direction as a business and, and it's, it's, it's got us focusing more on enterprise clients as well. That's great. And I like how you're trying to piece together all these different, you know, pieces that exist in the ecosystem really put them under one place, all making it easier for the end user. Because yes, it, it is it is very complex. And a lot of people just don't know how to get started, don't understand the different pieces, how they all work together. And if you can have that wizard that guides people through every step, I think that's excellent. So hopefully after this podcast, you'll get you'll get some people wanting to hit you up for a free trial, what have you. And we'll make sure we put the show links to Wishka in the show notes. But and I yeah, want to get to that. One podcaster I'm trying to lure into my world. <laughs> you know who it is. <laughs> so with that in mind, and I want to get to that topic of podcasts for enterprises. I think my audience is still a little bit further behind that. So what I really want to talk to you today is your view on podcasting as a form of marketing, right? Of using podcasting to expand your reach and to learn land new customers. So I suppose the first area to start with, you mentioned that you know of companies, I'm assuming they're workshop customers, that are using targeted podcasts as part of their outbound sales and marketing. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, certainly. This is a really interesting development that we've observed and we're, we're 
optimistic about it because we think it's just a new way to use audio altogether. You'd be familiar with products like Loom uh, and where people are sort of social video where you're getting your content and your message out to prospective customers or for all sorts of reasons. And now with private podcasts, we're seeing companies go into a place like, let's say, LinkedIn, find a 1,000 leads, use another piece of software to get the email addresses for those different leads. You know, you might be in the mining industry and you've just found a 1,000 people who are potential customers in mining. And then you go and email a link to a 1,000 people with a podcast that you've made, but you're emailing them privately and you get them to see if they subscribe to your content and engage with it. So out of that 1,000 emails that go out, maybe you get 20 people who subscribe to your content, which is probably about mining or about something that's of interest to them. So when they subscribe to that content, because you've invited them privately, you can see if they have listened or not. That's powerful now because, first of all, you've got a one-on-one relationship with a potential prospect and you're positioning yourself as a subject matter expert and they're listening to you and they're saying, wow, they walk away from that podcast and saying that these guys know what they're talking about in my industry. Let me find out a bit more. Because you can see that engagement level at an individual level, it means you can follow them up and put them into your sales funnel and go through the normal processes you would as a marketer. That's, to me, a real exciting use case for podcasts. And one of the challenges with podcasting in the previously was that you put your RSS feed into Apple Podcasts using your host, you might get a million listeners and you don't know the name of one of them unless they subscribe to your email um, newsletter or, or something like that on your website. By inviting podcasters, listeners, privately, you know who they are and you know if they've listened or not because you have that data already. So that's a powerful use to try and drive leads and, and conversions and get people into your sales and marketing funnel. So for those that are listening and I, you might be a little bit confused as well as I'm a little bit confused, but getting email addresses from LinkedIn searches is something that there are a number, we call them data scraping tools. I use a tool called Phantom Buster, which I recommend. I'll put a link in the show notes as well. Very inexpensive ways to get collections of data, right? And it's all based on public information. Then there are other services. I use a service called Voila Norbert. They're called email pending services. So they'll and and sometimes the, the the phantom busters and data scraping tools will include the ability for additional money, you know, you know, X cents per email address to find what they think is the probable email address for that contact. So now, Rob, what you're saying is companies are sending a cold email. So these people are not opted in. They're using an email tool. Well, I guess they could use an email marketing tool, but these these are cold emails. They're not opted in, so they could report spam, what have you. And they are sending them a unique link to a private podcast. So are you saying that you're creating 1,000 different links in or 1,000 different RSS feeds in Wishka? And then since Wishka is able to see all that, if certain people, if, you know, Neil's podcast... Um, you know, 001, Neil's podcast 002. That way you can see which of these feeds was listened to and engaged with. And then we can match that back to the email subscriber. And I assume that this is unique to uh, your technology because you have the support of private podcasts. So yeah. is my under, I'm going to take a step. Is that understanding correct? I'm going to take this podcast later and use it as a testimonial <laughs> and, a, and a demonstration <laughs> and educational video because you've nailed it right <clears throat> right there. I mean, there are different, like the software that you mentioned, there's other, like there's the HubSpot, there's Intercellar, there's a whole bunch of different ones and the ones that you mentioned, really good, but absolutely right. So 
the way traditionally podcasting works was that you had one RSS feed and that goes out to the world. Instead of saying RSS, let's just say URL. And that goes out and everyone listens to that one feed. What we're doing is generating a unique feed for every different listener. So therefore, you can see if someone's listened to that content or not. And we have unlimited unique feeds. So <clears throat> you might want to send out a million. And that's a million different feeds that go out. And then you can run a report to see who listened. If they don't listen, they get a, an automated reminder email. It's not spammy because they've got to opt in. Like they've got to hit say, yeah, I'm interested in this content. So they hit subscribe. When they hit subscribe on that email, it opens their podcast player and they hit subscribe to that piece of content in Apple Podcasts or whatever app that they like or on their desktop. So they've opted in to actually listen to the content. If they don't respond and they don't listen, well, then they, they sort of disappear. There's no engagement there. But out of that, right. yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to say they're, they're opt-in on the podcast side, the email side, the email where, side where I was going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but so I guess there's a there's a good and a bad of that. The bad is that they're now not opting into your Apple podcast feed for your main show. So the listener stat, so this is really good for that, really for prospecting. Once you get people in your circle, you, you would expect they would just subscribe on Apple podcast and therefore those numbers go into the algorithms, what have you, right? Yeah. What you can do though is you can, so they're subscribing in via that unique RSS feed. If they become permanent listeners, you can redirect them to your permanent feed, your main feed. So say they got gotcha. you, but you would really want to keep them as unique listeners because then you get the individual data. You, you, once they, you, you'd redirect them to the main feed, then you lose that. Now, the, the advantage of having a lot of subscribers to your main feed, it means that in a place like Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen, you go higher up on the rankings and you're more likely to find, be found out in search uh, and, and so on. So I do understand that. And that's why this is more private podcasts are very, very solid when it comes to internal comms. So mm. staff to employees, but also in the area of prospecting and not suggesting so much that it's your full-on podcast that they get, but might be just a snippet of news or content that's very relevant to them in their industry. Um, then they subscribe to it, and then you will follow them up with an email and saying, hey, would you like a demonstration of what we do? Let's get in touch. So let me just ask you one more question about this private podcast from a, from a sales outreach perspective. Is this content that's been set specifically chosen, you know, the few episodes that are most relevant to this industry. It's sort of like, a, I assume it's a subset of the major podcast and or perhaps publication of a few new snippets of content, a few new pieces of news. Is that yeah, sort of the original content? So they're making it for the purpose of this prospecting as opposed okay. to it's my regular weekly or monthly podcast. It's, it's just for that purpose. And quite often it's like the sales enablement teams. So we work with a lot of big tech companies, including in the, in the U S and Northern hemisphere. And they are, they have teams called sales enablement. And it's their job to make sure that the sales team is well-trained. And while they were using private podcasts to communicate internally with the salespeople, they were like, we should actually use this for prospecting as well. Let's put some of this content into the ears of our targets or even our existing customers. And it's it goes back to like everyone thinks podcasting is about entertainment and persuasion and being the big speaker and all that sort of stuff. And they've forgotten that podcasts can also be just a purely a means for communication. You know, it doesn't have to be you know, you don't have to be Joe Rogan, like every time you step behind the microphone. Sometimes you've just got a purpose and you need to communicate with someone. And we know that when people don't have to stop what they're doing and look down at a screen and read or watch a video, they can go about their lives and listen to content. And and I think that's that's a powerful thing. Then that was my next question, comparing that to 
you mentioned some of those video tools. Bonjoro is, you know, I mean, there's a number of them out there. So you have clients that are that find the video to be a little bit too disruptive and they prefer the audio approach or, and I'm assuming the video approach also will get you, you know, similar metrics, but also I suppose it's probably easier to create the audio content than the video content where you got to worry about the lighting and the cameras with the audio. It's a little bit more straightforward, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Like with the audio, you jump into the dashboard, you hit record, you record the content and then you publish it and it's out there in a thousand years in, in no time. But we don't say that this, this doesn't, they all do video as well. Like there's this idea that podcasting doesn't need to compete with other forms of media. It actually complements them. It's like what I've been saying that why does no one have an audio strategy? If you're, if your absolute goal is engagement, either you know, your listeners, your public listeners or internal staff members, whoever they are, having an audio strategy can only grow that. It, it can't reduce your engagement level. Say if your video, you've got 100 staff and 50 people watch the video. If you take that video and publish it as an audio file, as a podcast, which means you've now given people the opportunity to listen and go for it, walk the dog and listen to the CEO message or whatever it is, then and you get another 10 people. So now you've got 60 people who've heard that message or watched that message. You've just driven up engagement, you know, another, another 10 or so percent. So that if your goal is to increase engagement, you need to be in audio. Gotcha. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I have some people that have applied to be on this podcast or, you know, to become a guest blogger and I ask for links to showcase their expertise. I've had a few people just send me YouTube links and I've never opened them up. It's like, I don't have time to disrupt my workflow. If it's a blog, if it's text, I can just briefly see it and get a good feel, right? I don't have time to watch a 20 minute video to understand your expertise. So it's, and, and if it was audio, I mean, I've been, you know, since I got those video links, I've listened to tons of podcasts. So uh, point well taken yeah. um, about the different types of engagement there. So, yeah. so, so that's really, really interesting. And once again, this is something that I have never heard of. So that's a really interesting growth hacking tool. I think that it deserves more attention. Hopefully some of you will reach out to Rob after this episode, but I wanted to keep moving forward. You mentioned the importance in terms of expanding your reach and landing new customers of a branded podcast. So I am assuming when you say branded podcast, we talk about branded content. So content that 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 comes from the company, talks about the company, talks about the brand. Is this the same notion of more and more companies, more and more enterprises coming out with their own podcast, like they have their own blog or their own YouTube channel? I, it, it is. <clears throat> it's it's not so much though the company getting out there and making it a big advertorial and talking about their products because most company CEOs think that everyone's really interested in hearing about their latest model car when really no one no one cares. But the trick with good branded content is actually just telling a great story and making sure the listeners know that you're associated with it so that they walk away thinking that's a forward-thinking brand. We like that company. We like the brand and we want to be associated with them as media consumers. In Australia, we've also got a content arm called Wooshka Studios and we've built content for Facebook and Audible and we did one for Mercedes with Henry Rollins and he was driving oh. around in, a, in one of their utes. So, well, ute. So in Australia, we call utility vehicles uh, utes. I think you'd call them pickup trucks. Uh, um, I used to trade, and you're, since you're from us, I don't know if you've heard of a band called The Birthday Party, Nick Cave's original band. Oh, yeah, Nick but Cave. I used to trade The Birthday Party bootleg tapes with Henry Rollins, uh, who was then singer of Black Flags. I grew up in Southern California at a donut shop in Hermosa Beach, California. Anyway, that's 
I, I mean, I could not, I don't even know if you remember me if I saw him, but to think of him in a Mercedes Benz SUV, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, they were trying to check like, because they, who drives, like, you know, if you drive a truck, you don't drive a Mercedes truck. You drive some sort of like in your, in your part of the world, maybe it's Chevrolet. Four dollars. Yeah. Like tough. You know, you got to be a. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they were like, how can we get these people to drive? So he's this guy with tattoos and all these war stories. So he, yeah. Oh, yeah. He drives around the Australian outback interviewing people like surfer Mick Fanning and all these guys talking about tough conversations and it was really good content like he was talking about everything was tough 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 because they wanted people to know that Mercedes could also be tough but they didn't say oh Mercedes is a tough car to drive it was just at the end it was brought to you by Mercedes you know go buy a a car whatever but the whole piece of content was really deeply engaging and it was them trying to say we can be tough as well very smart and obviously leveraging an influencer to do the talking for them right and not even directly related to them he may not even own a mercedes but this notion of sort of a branded content series yeah. that, that that is is you know there's there's storytelling going on and by the way you know we're tough as well so that that's really brilliant yeah yeah and it, it worked like they loved you know they got a lot of listeners and a lot of people who would never drive a mercedes car kind of walked away thinking you know we did a lot of surveys after the content went live and people were like yeah we, we think that that's really interesting I, I didn't know first of all brand they didn't know that there was such a car and then second of all they they their view was that they'd be open to to considering one and that they they changed their mind a little bit about mercedes they thought it was for you know old people who live in affluent suburbs and don't work very hard. So they've, they've changed their mind about it. Yeah, I've seen they've been very, very successful on Instagram as well, reaching out to a younger audience there. They're really a, an innovative company in, in terms of their marketing. So so that's a great example. I don't know how many companies can replicate that. That takes creativity, storytelling. I'm just thinking of, uh, you know, the famous brand storytelling books that we have out in the market that are just, you know, tell, it, it's, it's still pretty much about the company and the product and how it helps people and what have you. It's not taken to the level of almost like a separate TV show. Yeah. You know, let's have Caro K in the back of the Mercedes with, you know, a famous movie star every day or, you know, so, something that's very, very different. But that, that's a very, very cool way of, of leveraging podcasts for sure. So one other thing that you mentioned that you thought was important for today was we, we've talked about the way that audio can complement everything. You using audio for, you know, your marketing outreach, using it for storytelling to lure a new audience in. You also told me that because of COVID, we have this communication gap and that podcasts have a unique way of bridging that communication gap that we have right now. Can you go in a little bit more detail about that? Yes, certainly. I think that when we talk about audio, there's two things that stand out. One is the engagement levels are through the roof. And we all know that because we listen to podcasts and we think, you feel like you're sitting in the room with the host of that show that you love and you feel like you're talking to them and they're talking to you. So engagement's really high. But the other forgotten advantage of audio is its mobility. You know, we can now, the idea of stop, say if you drive a forklift at work or you work in a mine or you drive a truck or whatever, it's very hard to read the company blog or watch their video from the CEO when you're driving that forklift. (laughs) In fact, it's very dangerous. But audio, once again, Use it as a, as a strategy to complement those other messages and get your message out there. 
And now that we're all at home, you've got to have a pretty smart internal comm strategy. If you're running a business, you've got to try and engage your staff level and make sure they're they're consuming all your content and staying up to date. And it might be for training and development. It could be for anything. So you've got to give them something that they can at least put in. They can put put this content in their ears and walk around the block with their dog and listen to that CEO message. Or they can sit in front of a screen and watch it. And I know I prefer to, to go for the walk. Yeah. So it's it's another tool in your kit bag to try and get to staff or customers, you know, or or just your your general fans in this coronavirus pandemic. And it's just highlighted more now. Companies are looking for solutions. So it's not that this wasn't always a good idea. It's just now that companies are saying, how do we get to people? How do we talk to people? And they're doing all the right things, but they're just forgetting this this medium of audio. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think when we were first introduced and had our first call, it was in the very early days of coronavirus. It wasn't to this extent, but you already said that you you had a lot of traction in that market, including companies here in the United States. And I think it it makes so much sense because, you know, look at it from the flip side. If you want to become an influencer, there's only four different content mediums, right? There's, you know, from a digital perspective, you have photo, you have video, you have text, you have audio. And for internal communications, companies really focus on maybe the text, email, blog post, and or that video where the audio, especially if you're a CEO who listens to the podcasts, it's just, you know, once you plug it into a wish god, just, you know, hit the record button every week for a few minutes, you're now in tune with your your employees or and or your customers. And similar to how, you know, I don't know how many of you listen to how many podcasts, but, you know, a few minutes, I need to put my contact lenses in before I take my daughter to school. I'm listening to a podcast. And then when I'm changing my clothes, I'm listening. To it. It's little five or 10 minute snippets. I'll still listen to podcasts. Right? It's it's just not going to happen with a video and not even with a blog post. And of course, when I'm driving. So once you once you realize the audio just makes a lot of sense. And if if you're a CEO or you're a business owner listening to this thinking, well, my customers don't listen to podcasts or my. Well, you lead from the top. If you begin to do it and say, you know, I'm going to be sending out weekly messages. Please listen in and you could facilitate a web page. I mean, they don't have to record via podcast. I'm sure Wish also has a, a web page interface where people can go to a URL and hit play. It's I think from a delivery delivery mechanism, it really is. And from a listening mechanism, these are the easiest ways to communicate today. Would you agree? Oh, for sure. Like we're so sick of watching the CEO with the tie done up tight and he's sweating and tired and angry, <laughs> delivering some message. It's like, just let me listen. I don't even want to look at the guy anymore. So I think that's a that's a real thing now. And look, if, if CEOs or business owners think that no one's listening to this medium, they're, they're wrong because over 30% of the population, at least in the United States, in Australia, are listening to podcasts for about six or seven hours a week. You know, that's a, that's a real number. That's a medium that is not this kind of new kid on the block. Is it niche or is it not? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a medium where a lot of your customers are hanging out. A lot of your staff are hanging out and you need to be there too. Yeah. Well said, well said. So I, I think that probably a lot of people listening, it got their head spinning. Hopefully they're thinking of things in a new way. I, I have found just podcasting to be a very, very easy way to communicate to market I want to share it with you all. This is stats. I'm not sure. I don't think I shared this. I wanted to share more stats and that the the who, what, why, and when of podcasting. I'll put that episode in the show notes as well. But because of this supply demand, just from a, a pure marketing perspective, the supply and demand of podcasting is just so skewed. Now, I'd be interested to hear if Wishka has similar numbers. This comes from Buzzsprout. 
So they basically analyzed the download data of all the podcasters that use their platform. And they said that if you in the last 30 days got 98 downloads, you would be in the top 50% of podcasts, which to me is an incredible number because try to get into the top 50% of blog traffic, try to get into the top 50% of YouTube channels. That's going to take a long time. But I think if you already have an audience, which most businesses should, and you began to produce a podcast I and, and you promoted it to your community, I think very, very quickly. Now, it's because of the supply and demand. There's just not enough supply to keep up with the demand. I think very easily you can move yourself into what they consider the top 50%. And I also want to remind you, the top 10% is 982 downloads. If you were to do a weekly episode, that's 250 downloads per. It might take a little bit of time, but I, I know it's achievable. And I just, I ask a lot of small businesses out there, how many, you know, whenever you publish a new blog post, how many, you know, hits does it get over the course of a month uh, in the first month? Are you getting 250 hits for every single blog post you publish within a month? And I don't think a lot of companies are, you know? So when you think of it that way, I think it really is a great opportunity. I know that this data is going to change as more and more people, you know, and companies start podcasting, but I do think it is a great opportunity. Rob, do you have any other, you know, maybe your own internal data or any other thoughts to add to that? Very similar to that, those numbers, actually. So if you're getting more than a thousand, you're like top, you're, you're one of the top sort of five, within 5% of all podcasters. So we've got about 9,000 podcasters who use Wooshka and they're very consistent with those numbers. But don't write off someone with 100 listens. If you're a surgeon and you do a podcast about brain surgery and you've got 100 listeners, I guarantee you they're probably surgeons themselves and that's a powerful little audience and relationship you have there. And as a podcaster, your listeners don't know how many other listeners there are. So they don't judge you by your performance on some sort of a chart. They just like you because they love the content. And if you've got people showing up every week or month for your content, you're successful. Indeed. Well said. And, you know, just as a reminder, and I'm not here to evangelize podcasting, but if you've been listening to this, you've, we have had your attention for 30 minutes. You've probably heard Wishka mentioned several times. You still may not know how to spell it. Well, you know, we'll put it in the show notes, but it is this type of attention getting that is unparalleled. You know, that that Instagram post that you spend a day creating, it's gone. You know, the YouTube video after three, five minutes, people are tuning out. Podcasting really is, is special because of that. Now, I also don't want to take advantage of that, which is why I usually I usually have interviews, you know, at the 30-minute mark. I myself, it's hard for me to stick through an hour, but I, I find that most of my audience will, will give 20 to 30 minutes. So that's other things that you should be considering when concerning podcasting. So Rob, I'm sure a lot of people are going to have a lot of questions about everything you talked about. Tell us where they can find out more about Wishka. Yeah, we have a website, obviously, wooshka.com. I'm Rob at Wooshka. I answer every email that's ever been sent to me. I'm still very hands-on as the CEO of my business. We have about 20 or so staff, but I still answer every piece of correspondence and I'm still doing product demos every day because you know, I think as a founder or as a CEO, you've got to be thick and deep in the weeds when it comes to product and marketing. So you, you've got to keep showing up every, every day and doing it. So you can get in touch with me directly. Well, there you go. Uh, that's straight from the CEO's mouth. So uh, please give Rob a call. You're the first first podcast company that's ever been on this podcast. So hopefully you have a monopoly for my listeners. Uh, but that was really awesome, Rob. Thank you so much. Any other last thoughts you want to give? I think we covered a lot of the benefits, really, and a lot of the unique ways which you brought up, which I had never heard of and which podcasting can be used. Anything else that my audience should know about? 
to me, it's just like think about you've got it. You've got a, an email strategy and a video strategy. Think about what is your audio strategy. You look at the advancements in things like Alexa and Google Home, and you know the, the world's moving into to the world of voice. You can create content, make your content work harder. You know, if you've got video content, convert it to audio and publish that as a podcast. If you've got written content, convert it to audio. Use text-to-speech. You might get one extra listener or consumer, but guess what? You just drove up engagement. It doesn't hurt. So make your content work harder um, and have an audio strategy. There are two recommendations. Obviously, they're very self-serving, but we see clients all the time, customers, podcasters doing this successfully, and it's not just a fad. You know, this is a, a definite trend that will continue for the next 10, 20 years. If you're trying to figure out your 2021 marketing strategy and budget, here you go. Perfect timing. Thank you so much, Rob. Thanks, Neil. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview. Like I said, podcasting is one of those main mediums of content that, well, I'd say your website comes first, but once you feel like you have your library of content on your website, that's where you want to look to expand and maybe just maybe podcasting may be right for you or for your business. I want to thank you all for listening, for all the subscriptions and all the ratings. They really do make a difference. I want to give a shout out. I'm looking at the podcast chart ratings and I see we're coming in and out of a lot of countries, but we're solidly in the top 100 countries like Italy, Buongiorno, New Zealand, say hi to all my Kiwi friends, even some countries in Africa like Ghana and Nigeria. I want to thank you so much for being a listener. Hopefully next time I podcast, I'll be able to mention your country. But hey, thanks again for being along this journey with me. If you didn't know, if you were go to my website and look at the very bottom, I have a number of educational resources that you can download for free. I have some free eBooks. My most popular free eBook is probably my Maximizing LinkedIn for Business. I also have a free preview to my new book on influencer marketing, The Age of Influence. So just go to neilshafer.com, uh, go to the very bottom, and the link is in the show notes, which is the description if you're on a podcast app, and you can freely access those downloads. I mentioned that because I'm already working on two new resources that I hope to release in the very new future and near future. So keep your eyes on that. I also just wanted to say that I do offer fractional CMO or outsource CMO type of marketing consulting services for companies with a minimum retainer contract of three months, one hour a week. I still do have a few very limited openings. So, hey, if you need some extra help with your marketing, if you're too busy working with a lot of outsourced entities, or maybe you just want to have a restart on your strategy for 2021 and you want to bring in an expert to help you out, Will Help is on the way. Neil is here. I've been watching a lot of Better Call Saul, so it's like Better Call Saul, Better Call Neil. Um, that's not the way it works, obviously. But we'd love to help you out, especially if you are a podcast listener and you hear all this information, but how do you apply it to your own company? That's where a helping hand like myself can really help. And if not, I hope that you find that helping hand to really help you capitalize on the opportunities that are still out there for any company in any industry going into 2021. So, hey, thanks again for listening. Wherever you are in the world, make it a great virtual social day. Bye-bye, everybody, and sayonara. Sayonara.